0: Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem, masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are both sweating our tits off today. Yeah, it's 100 degrees in Chicago right now. Yeah, it's so 90 you will in hear my. You will hear my AC running this whole time because I am not turning it off.
1: Um. Yeah, you're, you guys are going to hear uh, the fan next to me and more than likely the open window that I'm trying to blow the hire out of at this point. Um, So it's not going to be one of our better sounding episodes, I assume.
0: Yeah. But at least we won't be dying. Yes. I was literally sweating. I had to go to the dentist this afternoon and it's like a five minute walk. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I went to get beer two blocks away
1: and got home And like had to lay down because I was so (laughs) I was just like tired and hot, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna die. This is how I die." Yeah. Um, Okay. So, what is this? The second episode of the month is this? Yeah,
0: but last episode we didn't. We interviewed Acid Dad, so 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 it's you again. (laughs) Again, it's because we keep doing weird interview episodes where we don't do anything. I think anything. it's been you
1: the last three months. Well,
0: I think it's because we've been doing weird interview episodes, so it's a little out of format. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so we're going to talk about the albums that came out in May. Um, uh, May had a lot of good music, I will say that. Like a lot of albums I think that I'm going to be going back to a lot throughout the rest of the year came out in May. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about came out on May 6th, and it's the new album, from Arcade Fire, called We. Um, this album is amazing. I listened to it so much. Like, uh, Lightning Part 2 is going to be one of my most played songs this year. I listen to it at least twice a day.
1: <laughs> I have not brought myself, like, I just haven't listened to it.
0: Oh, it's so good. I've listened it's to Lightning such... Part 2 because it's on our yeah, blend. Yeah, but... it's on our blend because I listen to it so much. Yeah. Um, the album is really good. You need to listen to it. I gave it a It's nine. really funny. All of these
1: artists that you're about to talk about are, like, on our blend now, and our blend has, like, transitioned into from music I know to, like, <laughs> Lindsay Discover playlists.
0: It's fair. I know. On our blend right now, I think the sugar cubes keep coming up, and that's yeah. Bjork's band from the 80s. Yeah. Um, so the next album I'm going to talk about also came out on May 6th and it's the, the final album well the final album before the indefinite hiatus um, it's Kikigaku Moyo, the Japanese psych rock band and their new album is called Kumoyo Island um, this album was absolutely amazing I saw them play it live back in late May in Chicago on their final tour and it was so good I gave it to perfect 10 I absolutely love this album uh, what Would you give Arcade Fire nine? I okay. said that. Yeah,
1: um, and it's okay. You talk, you're
0: li- you're we're talking about the blend. You know, your brains elsewhere. Well,
1: also when you talk, I just like wait for a Blaze time when I can talk, bit. and I don't really listen.
0: <laughs> you just stare at yourself in the recording, waiting. Yeah, for and like, me like wait to stop for you talking. to stop talking, so I can start yeah. talking. <laughs> you um, sound like next... assholes. <laughs> I mean, that this is what we're like in real life. So <laughs> that's true. Um, The next one came out May 13th. It's the debut album from The Smile, and it's called The Light for Attracting Attention. So The Smile is a side project for Johnny Greenwood and Tom York of Radiohead. And then I forget the drummer's name, but he's the original drummer for the band Sons of Kermit. So it's those three guys. Um, This album is fantastic. My notes were, I've yet to understand how this isn't just another Radiohead album.
1: I mean, I agree. I would argue that, like, it's a little bit less sad. than It a is less sad. Album. And that's probably the main difference is that Tom York is less sad and more like a little. He's a little bit aggressive in this one. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited. I bought tickets to see them um, in San Francisco in December, I think. Um, and yeah, they're touring the like, States in the late fall. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool because it's going to be basically like seeing Radiohead play not Radiohead songs in a small venue. Yeah,
0: that's what, so I saw The Smile play at Primavera in Barcelona and it, that's that's literally what we were like, we're like, this is weird, right? This feels like we should be watching a Radiohead performance, but we're not.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I think it's interesting because it's going to be like a small, the smallest venue you all have ever seen, like Tom York at.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Tom, I've only seen Tom. I like to I've, on, I've only seen him at a uh, Lollapalooza and the United Center. Same, same. So, but um, I I'm tried cry three. When I, see Tom. <laughs> I tried three different times to get tickets to the Chicago date, and I was not successful to get tickets. Yeah,
1: I think it's crazy because it was like not that hard for me to get them for San Francisco, but I think San Francisco's maybe
0: just like not that big into Tom. Radiohead. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm, I'm hopeful I can get tickets at some point, some method to go to that show. Yeah. Um, I gave this album a nine. It's great. My physical copy actually arrived today, so oh, I'm excited to. I keep meaning to buy that. I, yeah, I pre-ordered it. The, the official album release was in May, but the physical album release was like a week or two ago. So my physical copy is here, and I have yet to test it out, but I have it. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about came out on may 20th and it's the another debut album it's the band cola and the album is called deep in view so cola is a spin-off of the band Ott, who split up in 2021 i think okay um but Ott is like a post-punk band from canada and so cola is now the spin-off project from that and this was their first album. Um, I was super hyped for this album to come out. I loved the first few singles they released and this album. Like, came in hot. It's super. It's a great album. Um, I gave it a 9. Uh, it's a little bit more filled out sonically. Like, it's a larger sound than Ott was. Ot was a very stripped back sound, even in, like, the post-punk world. Uh, theirs was a little bit more toned down, so this is like a little bit more like a large-sounding album, but it's a little bit more fun, I would say, than some of the aught stuff was, so I do really like this album.
1: Yeah, we're seeing them um, while they're here.
0: Oh, yeah, in like, what, or, three sorry. weeks?
1: Yeah, while you're visiting. Um, yeah. We'll be seeing them at the rickshaw, which will be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see them. I was supposed to see them here in Chicago before their album came out, but one of the guys got COVID, so they had to postpone um the last one I'm going to talk about came out on May 27th and it is a local Chicago band that I absolutely love it's the band Dead and their new album is called Blue Skies um this album is amazing I love this band so much they're such a good like rock band their music is so much fun um I gave this album a perfect ton. I was absolutely blown away by this album. I really loved their last album Flowers of Devotion as well, so this kind of kept that same sound that they were working with. Um and it's I'm I'm so bummed I missed them when they were here in Chicago. I did not get to see them perform any of this live. Um
1: sorry, while I was not listening to you talk just now, I was doing something with your spreadsheet. Um that I can't actually edit but I can highlight Um I was looking at because I'm like looking at the May albums like everything's really highly rated I just yeah. want to say the average for everything that you listen to in May if you took all of them together is a
0: 7.9 yeah that's pretty high which is a pretty I feel like a pretty strong yeah number. yeah there were a lot of really good albums that came out in May there's albums that I gave really high ratings that I didn't even talk about today. oh I know there's a lot
1: of nines on here
0: yeah um, talk about, yeah I know I so there was just a lot I mean there's tons to on about. here
1: that you didn't talk about
0: I know I picked the albums that I wanted to talk about because yeah, so <laughs> there was so many good ones that's kind of how strong um, May was there so. was a lot of music I'm not even fully caught up in all the albums that came out in May yet I've kind of just listened to the ones in order of like what I want to hear like there's just so much to listen to still Yeah. yeah good month for music
1: cool um all right so with that being done let's get into the beer um stephanie what are you drinking
0: i am drinking a new release from goose island um it is their pride beer since this last week and this week are the pride parade and celebrations in chicago the beer is called sounds queer i'm in um it's a wheat ale with peach um, it was really funny when I was at the tap room and they were releasing this. One of the employees was like, there's clearly not enough gay people in the marketing department. Other, otherwise, they would have thought to call the beer bottoms up. Wait, what's it called? Sounds queer. I'm in. Yeah, I mean. It's a dumb name, but it's a really good They could do better. <laughs> Literally, as soon as he said that they should have called it bottoms up, I'm like that's hilarious they absolutely should have called this beer bottoms up um it sounds like a really good beer yeah um i'm gonna see if i can grab some more to bring some out when i go to come out to see you because i think you would really like to try it cool that'd be nice but um this beer is nice because it's not like a sweet fruit wheat ale yeah it's got a little bit of tartness from the peach. Yeah. Um, and overall, it's just like so refreshing. It's like drinking it on a day where it's a hundred degrees. Like this is the perfect beer for that. And it's only like four point two percent ABV, so it's just like super light and but perfect to drink on a day like today. I have a question, and I'll
1: delete this if it's like kind of rude. Does a peach feel like an especially gay fruit to you? Yes. There's something about peaches that I feel like just give me Because it looks vibes. like a butthole.
0: Also <laughs> I don't looks like a butthole. You use a peach to reference a butt. I'm drinking
1: Wesley Crusher by Almanac Birico. Um this is what they call a Next Coast IPA. Um it's a West Coast India pale ale dry hopped with citron mosaic. Um, and then the Romance Coffee says, Put your phasers on stun because you're about to boldly go where no man has at gone before. This holodeck worthy masterpiece is a laser blast of citrusy tropical dankness, destined to live long and prosper in your cosmic consciousness for your light years. Our stellar spin on a West Coast classic will have you saying, Beam me up. Um, so they just basically put every <laughs> reference that they could to Star Trek yeah, uh, no into kidding. that Romance Coffee bee. I bought this because... Oh, it's not even called Wesley Crusher. It's called west the Crusher. Okay. Wesley Crusher is a character in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. And I thought it said Wesley and not West. Oh, like got the it. Okay, I was, Got um, it. You'll like
0: this. That I like that, yeah. I do like
1: that. Um, I haven't tried this yet. Also, Pray For Me, I dropped this can on the floor like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> So I'm hoping it doesn't explode. Well, I
0: think if it would have exploded by now, you just opened it. I know. I'm saying just pray for me.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's like really juicy for a West Coast, actually. Like very mild flavor.
0: Is it is uh is it making you say beam me up?
1: Not yet, but it's making me want to set my phasers to stun.
0: I literally, when you started, I, I, I know it was a, like a Star Trek reference, but I was... I fully thought it was, you were going to say, set phasers to stunning. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I don't know they why. I wish had
1: that. Um, it kind of bothers me that the references aren't, like, the actual references, and I wonder if so don't want to get sued or get a seasoned desist. Yeah, probably. Because it put your phasers on stun and not set your phasers set to your stun. Set your phasers to stun, yeah. Um. So I think it's maybe so they don't get sued. It's fair. Yeah, so it has, like... It's very citrusy and tropical. So I actually, it's interesting because this is a West Coast. I don't get traditional West Coast like,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: berry, um, piney, like resiny flavors at the for this at all. And I think that's why they call it like a Next Coast because mm-hmm. um, it does feel kind of like a, a juicy West Coast. It's very very interesting. Soothing. I bought this by itself too, so I can, I can go get another one so you can try it, but. There's a a store not far from me that does, like, individual cans, which is kind of nice. Oh, that is nice. So I can just, like, get a beer for the podcast, or, like, two beers.
0: Yeah, so that you don't have to carry around a whole six-pack or four-pack.
1: Yeah, I don't have to, like, go through it. I can just try it and then, like, maybe get it later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I like this a lot. I think the dry hop is giving it a lot of, like, juiciness. That would make sense. Yeah, because I, I really don't get West Coast.
0: Oh, are you pouring it into a glass? I was like, what do you I want doing? to see
1: the haze level. It looks pretty clear, though, like in the can. I can't really tell if it's... It doesn't look super juicy, like with the, the beer that's on the, the lid. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what are your, your three words?
0: Um, I'm going to say tart, peach, and light. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Mm,
1: this is a citrus flavor. There's, like, a tropical flavor. I can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably pineapple i um, I'm going to say smooth... Tropical and dank. All right. So, with that being done, now they're almost 20 minutes into an episode. um, We are going to kick off the actual topic. Um, So, I don't have Stephanie's notes in front of me for once. It's weird. I have my own notes and I I don't
0: like this. I put my notes uh, at the bottom of your notes. So, you have to scroll down and they'll be like way at the bottom. This feels weird. Um, it feels weird. Anyways,
1: we are um, covering or celebrating the 20th anniversary of Scooby-Doo the movie. Um, this was released June 14th, 2002. And honestly, the fact that this is 20 years old makes me feel extremely old.
0: I know. When I saw that this was having its anniversary coming up, I was like, shut up. We have to do an episode on well, this. Well, when you this said it was an anniversary, I was like,
1: yeah, like 10 years or something. And then you're like 20 years. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm not 20 that old. 20 years. But no, I, mean, I am. I was 10 when this came out. That checks out. I was eight. Yeah. It feels weird. Anyways, do you want to go into the background and then we'll talk about the
0: movie? (laughs) Yeah, so um, the movie's directed by Raja Gisnell, who's done a lot of other like kid movies. Um, And this movie is written by James Gunn. It was really funny when we were doing the rewatch because I texted
1: you this and I was like, did you know James Gunn wrote this? And you're like, I mean, I know he did one of them. And I was like, I think he did both.
0: He did do it, both. It makes
1: sense now. Like, the, the movie being as, like, fever dreamy as it is makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's bad Especially, shit. like, that era of James Gunn comedy, too, oh, yeah. which is, like, all chaos. Yeah. So, that makes perfect sense. This movie is absolutely insane. Um, this is one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and we'll go into that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> After we talk um, about it. I don't have a ton of background on this I think one thing that's important to note Is that um, there have been plans For a live action Scooby-Doo adaptation Dating as far back as like 1994 And at different points in time Jim Carrey was tied to the project Mike Myers was tied to the project Kevin Smith was going to direct it Wait, Kevin like, Smith they had like all... King of Queens? Is that who he uh, was? uh What's the Jay and Silent Bob? I have to look this guy up he also does a, he does Tusk, your favorite horror uh, movie. Uh, I mean, that's not my favorite horror movie,
1: but it's I, up there. I know you hate that movie. <laughs> that's why I'm joking. I hate it and I love it at the same time. It makes me
0: uncomfortable. That we should do a Tusk disgusting. episode.
1: <laughs> oh God,
0: I don't know if I want to rewatch that anytime soon. That movie is way too weird. <laughs> I don't really want to rewatch that's it. That's another fever dream movie. Um, the so this movie stars Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Linda carnellini yeah and uh matthew lillard yeah, and this is like cameos (laughs) from some people (laughs) yeah with random cameos from pamela anderson and then mark uh, mcgrath (laughs) yeah mark mcgrath is in this (laughs)
1: and um alicia silverstone's in the second one seth green is in the second one yeah it's wild Um, lots of 90s people i think can we can you talk about the cast note on there the first one that's think it's really funny
0: so, uh Rowan Atkinson plays the character Muamondavarius and um originally the role was offered to Tim Curry, but he turned it down when he found out that Scrappy Doo was gonna be in the movie specifically because he hates that character so much. I don't so know Tim Curry's why. actually done voice acting on several of the Scooby Doo like.
1: I don't TV know why that's movies. so
0: funny to me, because I love Tim Curry so much, but I, I do think too. it's so
1: funny that he hates Scrappy Doo so much. That he literally he was like, I will not be, be in this movie. In movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's just so funny to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I also
0: was reading um, that, you know, obviously Matthew Lillard does a kind of a voice to do Shaggy, and he yeah. does it, obviously he's the voice actor for Shaggy most for like the last 10 mm-hmm. years on the cartoons and stuff. He would scream for like five minutes every day to make his voice sound more raspy. <laughs> I think that's interesting because he's been the voice actor for Scooby-Doo for
1: the last 10 years, but at some point he must have
0: gotten better at like not having to do that. Well, because of these movies though, that's like the reason he does it.
1: Yeah. Um, I do have a note, like in my own notes, that I think that the casting could not have been more perfect. It was perfect. For the main four, like Freddie Prinze Jr. and um, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Fred and Daphne are like perfect choices. Matthew Lillard is like, the dream Shaggy. Like, there's no yeah. other Shaggy I can imagine. And, and then, like, Linda Cardellini is a great Velma. I think that they, like, do... I think yeah, they, all they, do an they amazing job very well.
0: They did. I was reading um, with the casting that, um, obviously, Sarah and Freddie are a couple in real life, and they were when this movie was made. Yeah. Like, they were already a couple. They were and, married, I
1: think, when this movie
0: came Uh out. Either they were close to being married or they were already married at this point yeah um they did not know that the other one was reading was like looking at the scripts for this and then they it turned out that they actually wanted um a couple in real life to play the characters which is funny because they have no chemistry together but they are a married couple they got married in 2002 so, they so got that's that what year. yeah, right when the, around the time the movie came out.
1: Um I agree. I think it's really interesting. I have that as a note. They have absolutely no chemistry no. in this movie. And I feel like they have chemistry with everybody else. Like in my notes, it literally says Velma has so much chemistry with Fred, and that um Daphne has so much chemistry with Shaggy, and I want them to kiss each other. And it's so, like when they kiss each other at the end, I'm like, oh, that sucks. I want like I know they know how what happens in this movie, but I don't I want it to was, be the two of them because they are married and they have no chemistry. Yeah.
0: I was reading somewhere, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they had, like, Freddie Prince Jr. was actively playing Fred as though he was a closeted homosexual. I love that. <laughs> and, like, that's why he has such little chemistry with his wife, because he was intentionally playing it that way.
1: I But I, I don't know feeling. if that's true or not. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that they purposely turned it off a little bit yeah. to like not be cuz like the I think for Scooby Doo They the have romances, really good chemistry together in uh I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I know. They ha- they have chemistry together. Like it's very yeah. obvious. They've been married for 20 years. They're like the only Hollywood couple that makes me believe in love. I know. Um, they've been married for so long. I know. But I think that because the the sh- the movie is so much like Friendship forward, yeah. That they, I think they might like turn off the chemistry a little bit with each other, so that like they can seem like friends, and like it not be weird rather than them be romantic partners. Yeah, right. And I think maybe like also like it was two thousand two, and they had just started like they had just got married. I feel like maybe it was probably, and I mean they're not great actors. So I feel like it was probably hard for them to figure out how to have friend chemistry yeah. versus like romance romantic chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. So instead, they were just like cardboards. Yeah. When in scenes together. Yeah. With everyone else, they were
0: fine. There was something else I was thinking too about this that I'm completely blanking. Oh, shit, what was it? Hold on, I got. I was looking at IMDb, and then something popped into my head. Um, oh, completely not related to Scooby Doo. Um, I did not know that Linda Cardellini is in the Avengers movies.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, she plays um, Hawkeye's wife. She's,
0: yeah, I had no yeah. idea. I I'd like. Also, freezing la- geeks. I knew that. Okay. I was like, that's she was also she's an like, ER, no. so I knew that yeah. too. But I just, I had no idea she was in the Avengers movies.
1: Um, I don't know why I knew that, but I did.
0: I probably knew it at some point, but like I was just like, I also wait, think what? Linda Cardellini's hot, so it's
1: fair. There's something about her. <laughs> um, I do want to note that watching this, like rewatching this as an adult, I am like weirdly attracted to Velma. <laughs> I think she's so hot. Like, in the second one, especially when she puts on the leather suit, the red leather suit, and is, like, walking yeah. around the suit, it's, like, farting.
0: Yeah. She's so hot. Yeah. She's, the
1: like, the only one I find myself attracted to. I think... Freddie Prince Jr. with blonde hair is like an atrocity. Bizarre, it's terrible. yeah. It's it's awful. It's so
0: bad. I uh, I was reading that after the first movie, he had to shave his head because his hair was so destroyed from bleaching it. Oh, I thought and it was a wig. S- I'm not gonna in lie. In the second movie, it's a wig. Okay, they all like in the first movie, his hair looked so bad. I thought it was a wig. Yeah. No, that's. I thought that they were all hair. wearing wigs. Um, I think they are, except for him in the first one. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Lillard might not be wearing a wig either. Yeah, that's possible. His hair is very though. thin, so. I did not realize that like he went to like I think it's so funny he plays these such bizarre characters. Yeah. And things, and he has like a very pretentious theater background. Yeah, and yet he plays these absolutely batshit characters. And everything. I love that
1: though. I love Matthew Lillard. I feel like he's he's a gem. I love him I love so him. much. He's my favorite. And, like, every movie I've seen him in, he's, like, my favorite. Even when Somebody like on the Letterboxd screen. said he's the better version of Nick Cage, and I said that is not correct. I mean, he may get, like, a Nick Cage reputation soon. He may become the Nick Cage of our generation. I don't think he's as
0: crazy, though. Yet. Um, he's, like, 50. He's not that much younger than Nick Cage. No, he isn't. He's got to be in his 40s. I mean, probably. (laughs) Look, I think he's got to be late 40s. Oh, my God. How
1: old is he? He's 52. See, I was right. Oh, my God. He's a fucking dad. He's hot. For 52? What the fuck?
0: Yeah, he can get it. (laughs) Now, that's the photo you want to see on someone's Instagram on Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta follow. his kids I have to follow his kids <laughs> to make that joke work. I have
1: like a note that they eat the grossest food, and like the way they describe a banana split with like pistachio ice cream with like I think they said mustard on top, and like it was they reference mustard, yeah, yeah. And then like an eggplant sandwich with chocolate sauce is what he eats at some point. And I have the question of like who came up with this.
0: Well, one thing I think is interesting, and I I think it's only applicable in the first film because it, it's relevant to the cartoon. Shaggy's supposed to be a vegetarian. Yeah, they reference it. Yeah, when he's talking to Isla Fisher, he says that he's a vegetarian. Yeah, because Scooby Snacks. Well, are I, in the second one, yeah, they do reference that they're vegetarian. Um, in the second one, I don't think that he's a vegetarian anymore. I honestly wasn't but, paying that close attention to what he was eating, but yeah, that makes
1: sense. Yeah. Um, I have. note that they said that they don't go near anything that says like ghosts monsters whatever and then scooby goes or hydrocolonic, and i did not get that as a child (laughs) but now i'm like oh (laughs) that's a strange thing to have added in there um i also forgot
0: isla fisher was in this and she looks like she's so young she's so young I was reading um, that she was gonna. She was one of the finalists. They were gonna have play Daphne, but then when they decided they wanted like a, an actual couple, that's how. Um, Sarah honestly, Michelle I think got the I, role. like I can't imagine anyone but Sarah Michelle Gellar doing it. I can't either, point. but
1: it's it, Yeah. Um. I have the note that I thought Sugar Ray was in this, and then ah uh, here's Sugar Ray. I thought this happened much earlier. Did you know they were trying to get Weezer? Um, No, but I almost, like, as much as I love Weezer, I feel like it's way more campy than it's Sugar
0: Ray. Well, I think it's funny that it's Sugar Ray because, like, that's definitely more the vibe of, like, this beach party to have Sugar Ray rather than Weezer.
1: Yeah, it's, like, a very much, like... Like Olympus Kid style situation.
0: Oh, totally! Like this is a couple uh, years after like Woodstock '99. 99. 99. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I thought like it was really fun when they are all like switching souls and they're playing each other. Except for the part where Fred looks at like her boobs. I know it's like just Sarah Michelle Gellar looking at her own boobs, but for some reason that like creeps me out. But I think that them playing each other was a really fun
0: like moment. There was a scene that was filmed for that that never is not even, like, in the deleted scenes, but James Gunn has talked about it, where in order to exchange souls, they have to kiss each other rather than them, like, flying around. Yeah. And so there's a scene where uh, Velma and Daphne kiss to exchange souls that never has seen the that light of out. day. I mean, that checks out for early
1: 2000s, like, yeah. obsession with women kissing each other. Yeah. Um Okay. And then my last note is, it's so weird that Daphne and Fred kiss, they have no chemistry. Um, but I skipped a note that I thought was really fun that you've mentioned just now, is I forgot that there was so much pop punk in this. And the inclusion of "Symbol Plan, like, I'm just, I don't want to grow up, is primo. And I don't know if you know this, but they wrote, they they performed the What's New Scooby-Doo theme song. Yeah, I knew that. Um, and then I also think the soundtrack is just, like, super early 2000s and uh I mean it's amazing
0: um so I thought it was really fun that they had MXPX do oh, the yeah. theme song like that was fucking tight I did too and they had like Simple Plan on it they have Shaggy they have
1: Outkast Killer Mike
0: um the Outkast song is, that song a is banger. So good, banger I song love that really it's good. had like this weird TikTok resurgence too cause like I see references to it all over TikTok mm-hmm. um and it, specifically I see references to people being like, "Oh yeah, you ever just like wake up in the middle of the night and the Scooby-Doo like DVD menu is play is like playing and it's that that's the song on the menu?"
1: Yeah. Um also the Freaks Come Out at Night song is a lot of fun. That's uh the version on this
0: is really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um there's Kylie Minogue on this um Men. Yeah, I it's mean, such it's such like a
0: a weird time <laughs> capsule of music. It's like a
1: weird like mashup, but it like is very much indicative of the time. Like it's such, it's so specific to that early two thousands. Yeah.
0: The second um, the soundtrack for the second one is really good as well. It's not as good as the first one because the first one goes hard, but it's pretty good.
1: New Honestly, Radicals
0: it, is on the second one.
1: What I think is interesting, though, the first one, it's plays more into the music. Like it's way more
0: evident. Yeah. And then the second one it just kind of like
1: happens. It's just kind of there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The music's not as pivotal to what's going yeah. on. Like it doesn't tie in as well. It's just kind of like there. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Um, I mean, the song Flat Pulse It is is like one
1: of my favorite songs for some reason. It's a great song. I don't know why I really like it, but I do. great song. Um, Bowling for Soup B-52s The yeah, first one as... I
0: feel like Is more songs That are like Unique to the movie But the second one That's just like Popular music
1: Yeah I mean The first one's definitely Songs that were written Specifically for it mm. um, Or Like used Intentionally mm-hmm. For a moment Um, I don't Yeah I agree I don't think that these Were like used intentionally I think that they were Just kind of like Filler music mm-hmm. Which is it's kind of how I feel about the second movie in general. Um, yeah. The, when I was watching it, I noticed that I felt like a lot of the movie was just things that they thought would be cool to watch. Like, this is a cool scene. Let's do this. This is a cool scene. Let's do this. And then let's, like, like string a plot together to make these make sense.
0: Yeah. I think it that's kind a fair of felt argument. like argument.
1: Yeah. It felt to me like there were, like, moments that they wanted to do something, and then they figured out how to do them. In a way that made sense, instead of like <clears throat> writing cohesively, because that movie is just
0: like if the first one's a fever dream, that one's like just schizophrenic. I don't, e- I do not like the second one. I love the first one. I do not like the second one.
1: Yeah, I don't like the second one either. The first one, like I texted you this today, the first one is nonsense, but the second one is nonsense in a different way that's not fun. Yeah, like the annoying. first one is just nonsense and like it's crazy and it's weird and it's fun, and like the yeah. nonsense is funny the second one just like this is stupid
0: um my one of my notes on the second one is i feel like they just let matthew lillard go absolutely nuts the entire movie
1: because there's so
0: many bizarre shaggy moments in the second one it's just like let this man go insane um yeah i
1: i don't really remember i i don't I don't know that I'd seen it before, but I do think I have at the same time. I I think I saw it in theaters. I was rewatching it and I do not remember that movie. But I also remember that like Seth Green was in it.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why. I remembered the red leather jumpsuit scene. And of course I remembered the scene with um, Matthew Lillard with the boobs. Like I remembered
1: that one too. Um, so my notes for the Velma and the Red Leather just says Velma and the Red Leather are so hot. And then like what she says to Seth Green is, Who's your mommy? And I just read, She's my mommy. <laughs> it was such a strange scene. Like, why did you say who's your mommy?
0: <laughs> um her necklace says Velmster, which makes it ten times worse. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I wrote that this is missing all of the charm of the first one. Um, yeah, I would agree. The first one is, like, campy. The second one is, like, bad.
1: Yeah, I think the difference is, like, the first one feels like it takes place in our world. Yeah. The second one feels like, like, they, they pulled the universe and then they tried to create the universe. Yeah. Instead of, like, and, like, it it feels too, like, childy, like like coddling where like everything feels like it's a a fake set
0: yeah i think that makes sense it feels like i
1: kind of in the beginning of it like when they were doing like the intros um through the Mm -hmm. credits it felt like like the spider-man movie and that's kind of how i felt watching this was that it just kind of feels like a theme park ride or like a theme park um like one of those events that you like watch
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like those 2D
1: or like 3D things that like you're just sitting there and it's like spraying stuff at you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, It kind of feels like that. So I think my issue with the second one is that like the first one is definitely has a lot of adult humor in it. Because the first one was originally supposed to be even a more like darker tone than it was. Because the goal was to have a PG-13 rating on the film. Like that was the entire intention. For it to be a little bit scarier. A little bit more grown up than what than a kid's movie. And um, the second one is absolutely just a kid's movie.
1: Yeah, I think the first one, it feels like it was written for like our generation. It feels like it was written mm-hmm. for like between twelve I mean you were eight, I was ten, so probably not our generation, but it was it was made written for teenagers. People a little sure. bit older.
0: Yeah, teenagers, yeah. yeah.
1: It has like very humorous jokes that like as an adult are very funny. The second one, like rewatching it is just like I don't this yeah. is like a chore. yeah around
0: me um a lot of the adult humor in the first one actually is in the deleted scenes yeah that are like on the dvd and i was actually watching somebody do like um a recap with all of their opinions on the first movie and he was saying the movie makes a lot more sense if those deleted scenes were in there because it helps Uh to understand the context and like the continuity like, it makes more sense, rather than it yeah. just being, like, dropping a bunch of events on you. The first one it, or the second one? The first one. Okay. Like, they just said the continuity's a lot better if you were to actually have those deleted scenes in there.
1: Yeah, I faintly remember watching them, where, like, there's one where, like, instead of just knowing the answer, I think, like, Fred, like, walks in on something mm-hmm. and, like, sees it, and then that's why he knows, instead of him just, like, you having to, like, suspend disbelief. Right. That, that's that's the kinds of things that it yeah. is. I think I... So <clears throat> this kind of brings us into my fun fact about this movie. Um, my... The first... So my dad worked in China when this came out and got, like, a legitimate bootleg from China. <laughs> I love this there. story. And it had the deleted scenes. So I think that's... It, like, it, it managed to have the deleted scenes. But I grew up... <clears throat> I've grown up up until, like, maybe a couple years ago thinking that, like the copy we had was, like, fake.
0: Like, I mean, obviously it was
1: <laughs> fake because it was bootleg, but, like, yeah. the, the audio was slightly off of, like, time, and then the subtitles were, like, completely wrong. Yeah. So I thought, like, when I watched this movie that, like, it was a completely, like, I, I thought what was happening in the movie was just, like, made up by whoever, like, dubbed it. And... Whoever, um, like, wrote the subtitles because it was bootleg. Oh, and so I was yeah. like, this movie's bad shit, but I don't think this movie's actually going to be bad shit. Like, I think it's just whatever, like, shitty bootleg copy my dad got me. And for maybe ten years, I thought that movie was just a bootleg and, like, that's not the actual plot in the movie.
0: Um, oh, no, that's the plot of the no, movie. No, no, that's
1: the plot, yeah. That was actually what happened in the movie. <laughs> the And the, the subtitles were wrong in a way that was, like... Just there were times wrong. where, were t- yeah, like times where like someone was talking about Velma, and like the subtitle would be like, "We have to kill her." <laughs> oh. Things like that. So um, yeah, yeah, it was um, interesting, to say the least. Uh, Not the first or the last
0: bootleg my dad got me from China that didn't make sense. Um. They also, I w- I'm looking through some of my notes here. James Gunn has said that there was an R. The original cut of the movie was rated R, and they had to go in and remove uh, use CGI to alter some of the women's cleavage. I
1: think that's interesting because, like, obviously in the nine or the early two thousands, like rated R was very different than rated R now. Oh yeah, because like PG thirteen movies have cleavage and it's like not a big deal, right? But in the nineties
0: yeah. and two thousands. Well not the closer. reason their reasoning for that was that the studio pushed it on them to say they wanted it to be more family friendly. No, I get it. I'm just
1: saying yeah. that like at the time, like the fact that cleavage got you like an R rating is crazy.
0: Well, some of the other stuff got cut, but yeah. yeah. That was not that was just one of the things that he specifically referenced. Got it. Um <laughs> I have something. So the cast absolutely like hates this movie. Like they really? do not like their performances in this movie. They do well, not I like mean, this movie except for one person. Is it Matthew it's Lillard? Matthew Lillard. <laughs> and he actually has gotten a lot of praise for this role over the years. And then like two or three years ago, there was like a huge shaggy resurgence in the meme world. Do you yeah. remember this? Yeah. It's so funny. Oh well, my God. I would the shaggy
1: memes are hilarious. Matthew think- Lillard is the best part of this movie. And I can see oh, why, 100%. like Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prinze Jr. feel bad. Linda Cardellini also, like, she's kind of a bitch and like a pick me girl in the beginning of the first one. So I yeah. kind of get it.
0: Like the shaggy. Matthew memes Lillard are... is
1: just pre primo.
0: Um, I put a link in there to like a list of like the shaggy memes, and it's so funny. It's so funny. Is it the Papas? Yeah. oh my gosh there's so many things about where they're talking about how um, it's all these like fake interviews and Matthew Lillard's like yeah I don't remember any of this the spirit of Shaggy took over my entire body and it's like Shaggy could kill God (laughs) is one of them that's always a funny one um, interviewer, can you give us an example of how po- uh, powerful 1% of your power is? Shaggy, you remember the planet Apollo? Interviewer, no. Shaggy, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll never forget the day Shaggy walked on set and announced he had killed God. <laughs> That's my favorite one. And a lot of this started, I was reading, because they wa- there was a petition to get Shaggy added into a Mortal Kombat game. As, like a character you could be. And that's where all of this started. And I okay. think it's just so funny. <laughs> this I this was all <laughs> Dude, the over 20- one is really funny.
1: Oh yeah. Uh it's uh oh I close it, never mind. It's about putting an infinity ring into a sandwich. But it's gone now. <laughs> Close the link.
0: Yeah, it's Matthew Lillard. It says, uh, I actually don't remember filming any scenes. Once the camera started rolling, I would black out and Shaggy possessed my mortal body. <laughs> it's so funny. Like there's these memes are bananas and oh my even God, Matthew... there's one of
1: him like holding a baby when he's like bulked out in the second one.
0: Yeah, and Matthew Lillard posted that on his personal Instagram page. Oh, no, he did.
1: <laughs> I love him so much. I love that the internet's also obsessed with him.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, oh, my God, there were so many things where it's the scene in the first one where he goes, oh, you challenging me? And it's like they have the fart contest, but yeah. it's, that's where all of these memes come from. Yeah. It's just so funny. Uh, I really want yeah. this, pod, this to be uh, titled um, "The uh, I'll Never Forget the Day That Shaggy Walked on Set and Announced He Had Killed God." I can make that happen.
1: It's a very long one, but <laughs> I know it's a really long one. I've had longer ones.
0: That's so. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's uh um, that's a really funny. <laughs> that's like my favorite meme from all of this. I don't know. I feel like TikTok also just like. This is a general statement. TikTok loves this movie.
1: Um, you have a statement here that says that you keep seeing TikToks where people are demanding a spooky island theme park, and I have that in my notes that, like, I'd fuck with the spooky
0: island theme park. That was like a lot of fun. <laughs> I've seen people that place talk looks about, looks like about a it for lot years. Of it also looks like a death trap. Like, when oh, you 100%. see, like, the, in, the, the physics of those rides does not make sense. No,
1: but, like, I mean a theme park island
0: sounds like a lot of fun <laughs>
1: yeah I the, a I, the concept
0: is great um, I saw in one of the videos thinking of like the theme park specific aspects I saw in one of the videos I was watching on YouTube earlier someone was like why is it so easy to get into the spooky castle ride that's broken down like why are there not a bunch of drunk horny college kids fucking in there because they can just fuck in their rooms I yeah. College kids are crazy. Listen, there's like no adults there. They're like fucking on the beach. They're, but somebody was like, there definitely would be. Like that's where I draw the line of suspending disbelief. There would absolutely be some horny college kids fucking in there. <laughs> Maybe there were. Maybe they ran into them and like Shaggy didn't or uh, Scrappy didn't
1: care. Scrappy didn't care. They weren't. It made it easier for him to capture them to get their souls. I Honestly, guess. that's that's my canon now. Is that they were the first ones to lose their souls—the people that went up there to fuck.
0: It's like uh, like in a horror movie—you fuck, you die. <coughs>
1: Especially if you fuck in the haunted place.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I just can't. I can you just uh, back to the sugar ray thing. Dude, I Why? Can't. It's so it's funny. So
1: funny. <laughs> it's like not expected, and then it also happens. I feel like at a weird point too, because I I I always thought I. Haven't seen the movie in a while, and I always remembered it being like right when they get onto the island. But it's like, no, it's not. like
0: halfway through the movie. I know. Also, the movies are very short, and I appreciate that about them. If they were to do something like that today, who would the band be? Like, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> no, it wouldn't be like a shitty band, though. It would probably be like the Killers. Yeah. Actually, it would be Brendan Erie.
0: I'd be panicking the it Disco. I'd be panicking the Disco. But yeah, I, mean, I, feel I don't like know. That would be it. Who do you think? I don't know. I feel like Imagine Dragons is on the right track. Imagine like Dragons is on the like the same level as Sugar Ray, like same like shit, like yeah.
1: butt rock kind of level. Radio
0: right. friendly but- stuff.
1: Maybe like Maroon Five.
0: That's a good comparison.
1: Yeah, I could see Maroon Five just like Adam Levine.
0: Yeah, I like clearly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they still are doing music though. So that's not either. But I feel like that would make sense. That that's something. like the vibe though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like Coldplay. They played moves. They played moves like Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's a, that's a Maroon Five song that exists. Is it? Yes. I think that's a Maroon Five song.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I think.
0: I think we've agreed that if we were to, if they were to do it now, it'd be Maroon Five.
1: I think I, I do
0: think so. Because like they're big enough where they'd have like notoriety, right? But they're not like good the enough where they're, they're actually hot enough good. That it would like make an impact and the, yeah, because he'd
1: have like a little bit of a characterization. Yeah.
0: I mean, would Maroon Five do it? Probably not. No, probably not. Hey, they got Mark Mark McGrath does everything. He's got his own fucking cameo business through yeah, that he, website. He He does a bunch of shit for the pumpkins. For the pumpkins. Yeah, I was gonna say he did stuff for the pumpkins. Yeah. Um, cool.
1: Well I don't have anything else and I don't see anything in your notes that we haven't
0: hit. Yeah. I did leave in my notes. My notes are very chaotic. I apologize in advance.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that covers it for the episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy us, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and a review. If you give us a review, we will read it on the air. Um, If you're shy and you don't want uh, to review on a public place, you can direct message us on any of the social media apps that will come after the song say listen to the song you you will find us you'll find all of our info yep and if you talk to us we will talk back to you at some point in time
0: because because we have day jobs and also like drinking night jobs (laughs) yeah yeah
1: um cool so listen after the song you'll hear our social media and we will see you next time alright that was the episode so we love hearing from you um, and if you want to contact us you can do so through our email address it is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com we are also on facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. our instagram is drunkanduncultured and our twitter is drunkuncultured no ant. and as always I'm Lindsay and you can find me on twitter instagram and untapped at lindsaysoldout
0: and I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shitty Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.